You're listening to episode 36 with Cassandra Worthy, founder and CEO of Change Enthusiasm Global. Hello, darlings, and welcome to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast with your girl, your host, Portia Scott. This podcast is on a mission to inspire and empower you to take your life off autopilot, optimize the power of your uniqueness, and execute intentionally in every area of your life. Are you missing your daily dose of inspiration and empowerment? Don't worry. Wake Up and Show Up Live has you covered. We are bringing you tools, inspiration, and empowerment to take your life off autopilot, optimize the power of your uniqueness, and execute intentionally in every area of your life. We are live Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. You can find us on all social media platforms at I Am Portia Scott and on YouTube at Wake Up with Portia Scott. We want to keep in touch with you beyond this podcast, and now we can by text. If you text the phrase wake up to 31996, you get a dose of encouragement, we'll notify you when a new episode is available, and all the cool things we have going on around here. Text the phrase wake up to 31996. Hello, darlings, and welcome to today's episode. I am so, so, so excited for our house guest today. She is an amazing woman. She is, as she likes to say, she calls everybody rock star, and she is actually the rock star. She's not only a rock star entrepreneur, but she is a rock star human being, and that's the thing that drew me to her is just that she's a great human and I love it. And so I want to tell you a little bit about our guest today. Uh, She currently helps organizations disrupt change as usual. Through a practical and repeatable framework, she shows them how they can transform their culture from surviving change to growing through change. She realized early on in her career when her company was going through a $5 billion acquisition, she almost quit. Fueled by frustration and stress, she found herself on the precipice of walking out of the office and never coming back. Had she done that, she would have become another statistic. Yet another African-American female departed from a STEM-driven industry, top talent voluntarily resigning during a time of significant organizational shift and another change victim. But she didn't. And we are so glad that she didn't because instead she woke up one day and decided to view those feelings as a signal that sitting in a moment of opportunity, it was an opportunity to transform that chemistry, that feeling into something better, to choose every day to do something, say something, behave in some way that would move the needle of her work experience toward a better feeling. She didn't know it at the time, but she was cultivating a teachable strategy to inspire anyone to become enthusiastic about change, to find their unique power of resilience during turbulent times. Please help me welcome today's house guest, Cassandra Worthy. What it do? (laughs) Thank you so much. You guys, I have to say this, but she has the best green screen. Let me tell you, she pops up on the screen and it is literally like she's in a loft in LA or New York, like overlooking the bay. It is amazing. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm loving it. Obviously, there are some struggles with everyone working remotely and virtually, but I tell you, I, I just show up at a new, sleek, modern looking place. Every podcast, every webinar, every keynote. So it's working out. <laughs> I know it is. I'm telling you, it's amazing. And here I am, the podcast host, and I'm in my closet. And so, you know, <laughs> hey. it's all good. It's all, you're coming through loud and clear, though. That's what's important. That's what's important. <laughs> it's so funny, Cassandra, because as I'm reading, your bio one you said i woke up one day you know this show is wake up and show up and then yes. you talk about um how you wanted people to really take that feeling and transform it into something enthusiastic by finding their unique power and yes. we talk about people finding the uniqueness of who they are as well so i just yes, felt like beautiful. it's funny i never read that part like i've read your <laughs> bios and other stuff but i've never read that so when i read it today i was like She's supposed to be on here. She's yes, and that's here. the most important part too. That's right, the most important part. Right. Yeah. So I actually met Cassandra through my husband on LinkedIn, and I remember yes. when John. So John is our occasional co-host. Um, yeah. So most people know him, but when he um, followed you or however you guys connected. He was like, you have to meet this woman. You have to follow her. She has so much energy. She's doing amazing things. And oh. I believe it, it was around the same time that I left my career that you yep. had completely left. So um, are you right at about a year? now yes or? just over a year so i left uh corporate uh the end of march um so yeah i just passed my year anniversary of going going full time now to be clear though it was a side hustle for about two and a half three years while i was still right. in corporate um so i you know i built a business while i was still working full time but yeah i've, I've been doing this this thing full time since uh march last year happy anniversary thank you so much thank you so much it's been amazing it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. It's so funny. So you get to be on the show. It is the anniversary for me to the oh, date. So it was it was this awesome. time on a Friday that I left. Yesterday was actually the date, but to the wow. day, yeah, it was today. So oh, I wow. so I was like, this is perfect. I didn't even think Full about circle. it. I know, I know. I yes. know. So, Cassandra, I want to get right into it because I think you are amazing, but there are some questions I want to ask you first. So sure. if you could describe yourself in one word, what would that be? Authentic. Oh, that's so good. Why, why do you yeah. say authentic? Because I have to be me all the time, every day, all day long. Um, and I strive, I so strive to bring my full self to everything that I do and to live what I, what I have embraced as my purpose. Um, and so I just, I want to live as authentically and genuinely as I can and do those things that make my heart sing and the things that really resonate with the, the energy of me. Um, and so it's, you know, I, I, I said authentic because truly that's aspirational for me. It's something that I strive for every single day. And so if I had to say one word, that's what I want to be. I want to be authentic. I want to be me every day, share my gifts, my light with as many people as I can. I love it. I love it. I love it. If that was one word, I would have to say that would be my one word for you as well. So true. Oh, thank so you. true. That's good. Like, you guys good, hear you. the energy in the podcast, but she is like this in person. And I just, <laughs> I just love it. And I know it's a daily thing, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, every day. And so number two is if you could sit in a room with one person, who would that be? Einstein. 
Einstein. And the reason is, so I'm a chemical engineer by trade. And I tell people that I, you know, science and math chose me because I'm a very um, curious person. And science and math gives me the tools uh, to explore the mysteries of, of the universe. And I have found, I'm also a very spiritual person. And I have found that spirituality and science don't go in contrast to one another. They actually complement one another. That's and I think Einstein recognized and embraced that. And he was really known as a mystic in his time because of his embrace of all of this. And so I would love to just sit with that dude, be, be in his energy, just be one with him, connected and pick his brain. He was, he was the bomb. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So we ask every single guest this question. Um, what are you grateful for? Oh my goodness. So much breath. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have embraced my life's purpose and life's meaning and made a commitment to live it fully. I'm so grateful that I've done that because I can see how my, what I can uniquely bring is helping and serving the needs of others. And I'm, and it just lights me up. It lights me up. So I'm, I'm grateful to be walking my path, walking, you know, my purpose and living my purpose. And I'm grateful for everyone who surrounds me, who uplifts me, who inspires me, who supports me, my sounding board. Um, you know, it, it, it takes a tribe, right? right my sister's always reminded me of this because I, I lean on her a lot. Um, she's one of my mentors, but yeah, it, it takes a tribe. And so I'm grateful for all those people who support me as well. That is so good. I love that. Breath. I mean, even yes. in this moment, right? We think about when we initially thought about this podcast, we were going to do it live. Like mm -hmm. we wanted to do it live. We wanted to video it. And so to think that the last time we met, we were at Yellow Chrome. Yes. Chrome Yellow. Best yes, coffee Chrome ever. Yellow. Yes. Yeah, oh my goodness. That place is amazing. So and good. It was like, I remember giving my credit card to uh, the barista to pay for my coffee mm. and kind of having my wipes, but I never thought we would be here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even I don't think anybody did. That. So with that, because I know you deal a lot with the feels, like how mm. are you handling it? Oh man. Uh, I just, I made a video on LinkedIn a couple days ago and I said, I have never been more challenged to practice what I preach, to practice change enthusiasm than over the past three or four weeks. I have had so many fields, <laughs> so many fields. I've had events canceled. I've had, fortunately, the majority of my events got postponed to later in the year. So that, that's, that's been good, but it's been feels knowing that I have to grow and stretch and I've pivoted 99% of my business to virtual offerings. And so, yeah, it's been practicing what I preach, recognize I'm anxious. I don't know what's going on with my calendar. Uh, my speaking engagements are getting canceled. What am I about to do? And so feeling that, knowing that, all right, I'm about to grow. This, this is an opportunity. How am I going to capitalize? And then making that, that choice to do so. And, you know, I was mentioning before we, before we signed on, I've, I've converted my home office into a home studio. Um, and I'm doing a lot more webinars, a lot more podcasts. I'm doing virtual keynotes and I'm learning so much. And it's actually, it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. So fortunately I've been able to, again, transform that emotional energy of the feels, the anxiety and the fear into a lot of excitement for the growth 
and maximizing this opportunity that's being presented to me. Yeah, I think that's so amazing. Um, is that you are you have to practice what you preach now, right? Oh, we have oh to show goodness, up, yes. right? I'm yeah. the wake up and show up girl. I'm the living intentional, and I have had to do that more so now than ever before. You know, I've had some hard times and some feels of anxiety before, but this is different. I have now turned into a homeschool teacher, an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. I'm a mom and all of this other stuff. And so, yeah, definitely, I think leaning into those feels. And I've learned a lot from you as processing through that. And so if there was one thing, because I know I have an audience out there that feels the same way, that their businesses have shifted, their careers have shifted, their plans have shifted. And so how do they really lean into those feels and mm -hmm. accept those feels, but navigate that? Yeah. So what always helps me, and it's the very first step of this mindset, is if you're feeling frustrated, if you're fearful, if you're anxious, if you feel like you don't want to get out of bed or off the couch, know that you're being signaled. You have to recognize, you have to trust that those emotions are there for a reason and they're there to serve you. And the service is to help you evolve to your better self, to help you evolve towards best. And when you can trust that, then you can begin to start to transform that emotion into fuel for that growth. And so it's really a matter of trusting that as badly as it feels, as rough as it is, as much as you wanna just turn the lights off or keep binging Netflix and not do one thing. And no, I had two days like that where I did not wanna move, didn't know what I was gonna do. But having such strength in that signal, I knew that it meant, oh my gosh, there's something huge for me. There's something huge that's happening. And I've got to, if I want to evolve to my best self, I got to do something with it because these signals are too strong to not. Um, so when you can trust that, then you can get about the business of laying out, how am I going to capitalize? How can I learn? And just start with one thing, one thing, right? <laughs> Move yourself from frustration to just slight annoyance. Right, 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 right. right. That That's so good. To get you to that one little next better feeling, right? Just reach for a better feeling every day. Oftentimes we're told stress, anger, frustration, those are bad feelings, happiness, excitement. Those are good feelings. So what happens is we usually tend to lean into the good ones because mm -hmm. if it's bad, you don't want to lean into that. And so when you right. really talk about change in the feels, do you think that there's bad and good or are they all signals? I think they're all there to serve you. You know, I work, obviously I work a lot in the change space and people always acknowledge that change is difficult. And you hear this acknowledgement that employees could be fearful, that there could be anxiety, but then they quickly want to move to, but you know, we got to do this. Let's be optimistic, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And that's not what it's about. You have to give people time and space to actually be in that emotional energy and, and feel and feel them. You know what I mean? And so there's, there's a danger when you don't acknowledge them and allow that conduit for that emotional energy to flow because people will just either hold it within and then they'll end up wanting to escape it, meaning that they're going to want to leave their role because these feelings suck. So I got to get out of here and they're going to be better someplace else. But it's a matter of acknowledging the feelings and allowing them to exist. And so I don't like people running from fear, running from anxiety. I prefer that they embrace them 
as the signals that they are, sit with them as long as you need to, and then know that they're there to serve you and what's my next step to get to better. Yeah. Yeah. So I can only imagine being that engineer when mm. you're going through this $2 billion, you know, merger acquisition, I can only imagine what the fields were like. And you were getting oh, ready to leave and you were going to be yet another African-American female in this mm. STEM industry, which is mm. already really small um, for African-Americans, period. And then you're a female too. And yep. so talk to me a little bit about what was that pivotal point? What was that pivotal yeah. moment that you said, you know what, I'm getting up from here. I'm going to lean yeah. into my field and figure out yeah. where this kind of takes me. Yeah. So I didn't do that by myself. And like I said, it takes a village, right? Um, but yeah, I was incredibly, incredibly frustrated. And it was, you know, it was a culture clashing. It was very much so us versus them. I had transitioned into the business that was acquired. So I was a part of the parent company and I was going in to this acquired business to integrate parent company tools and processes. These people didn't want to hear what I was talking about. They didn't want to hear nothing about what I had going. And so it was very much so this clash, you know, and I just... And I felt like an outsider. I felt lost. Um, and so I ended up going to a mentor. Um, she was about three or four levels above me. And I basically, even though I had a nice little succinct agenda, I was basically just wanting to vent to her and tell her, you know, how horrible things were, how she needed to maybe let some people go. <laughs> you know? I basically was just venting to her, right? So I went through all this and I'm um, finishing and she looks at me and she said, I'll never forget. She looked at me. She said, Cassandra, I'm going to offer you some advice. She said, you can either get bitter or you can get better. It's, it's your choice. And when she first told me that, I'm going to tell you, I was not always as evolved as I am, right? I evolve every day. I got mad. Like I got even more upset. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's my choice. It's not. It is your choice. You're a director. I'm, I'm a first level engineer. It's not my choice. Right. But then, you know, I, the more that I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I do have control over my work experience. I do have control over the way that I react. I do have control over the way that I feel. And the more that I thought about that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that ownership and I'm going to run with it. And I'm going to make choices that make me help me feel better than make me feel worse. And so it was that having that mentorship and those words, bitter or better, that I slowly started to take ownership for my experience, my work experience and my life experience and how I show up in, in the workplace. So that's yeah. so good. And so when that happened, did that not only shift your career, but do you feel like it shifted personally as well? Like it was oh, definitely like a shift across Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And I, of course, you know, you mentioned it in the, in the beginning, I didn't know it that I was actually cultivating change enthusiasm. I was working the steps to, to help myself get through, get through the, uh, the acquisition and that role. Um, but yeah, I was cultivating that. And this was way back in 2008. And so it became this foundation, you know, cause it was a, it's a mindset and you have to practice it. Right. And the more you practice it, the more your resiliency grows. Right. I say that resilience is a muscle and it's something that you have to work out and you work out resiliency through failure, Right. Through going through really hard times, through experiencing COVID-19, <laughs> this is how we build our resiliency muscle, right? To go through the struggle. And so 
yeah, it was definitely a pivotal point for me. Um, and it, and it helped me actually get high rated in my organization. People noticed because I was showing up feeling better. So it, you know, people noticed that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I actually, it helped me get advanced and other type of opportunities in my career, but ultimately it, it gave me a means to continue to strengthen that resiliency. And it prepared me for the next acquisition <laughs> that I was a part of. And there gave was a me second a, one. There was a second one. Yes. Yeah. Two really big ones. Two really big ones. The first one, I was a part of the parent company. And the second one, I was in the business that got acquired by a different company. So I've, I felt both sides of the coin. And the second one was, was like, am I going to have a job tomorrow? That's yeah. the kind of the feelings, you know, it was, it was, it was fear and, and anxiety. Like, am, am I going to be a value add to this new company or are they going to cut me? You know? Um, so a lot of feelings, but I had the mindset and I'd been practicing it and I knew how to apply it. And, and that's what I did. And I was able to be successful in that as well. So I do want to hear, um, because I do want to hear how you go from chemical engineer to yes. change enthusiast, right? Yes. But even before we get there, I want to know, how did you even become a chemical engineer? <laughs> because I think it's fair that, you know, we do not see it in, um, in our STEM. John and I just yeah. released an episode really talking about how women need male allies. And yeah, this true. came up about how women are pushed into certain uh, careers and industries. Not so much now because, you know, we've evolved and we're evolving. But I can remember when I was growing up, even looking at those things that, you know, it was kind of like girls don't like math. They don't, yeah. they, they don't have the math science brain, right? That's like yeah. something I remember. So how do, how do you even get into chemical engineering? <laughs> <laughs> so I will tell you, and this is something that because of what happened in my, in my childhood, I'm such um, a huge believer in it, And that's the importance of role models um, and exposure and seeing what's possible for you. So in the fourth grade, I watched an award ceremony and I watched Ben Carson receive an award for being the first neurosurgeon to separate Siamese twins by the brain. And I was like, yo, he's well-dressed, he's black, he's well-spoken, he's paid. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so from the fourth grade to sophomore year in college, I went to Georgia Tech, sophomore year in college, if anyone asked me what I was going to do, I was going to become a pediatric neurosurgeon. Um, but then sophomore year, I had to do a little bit of a gut check and, and think about, do I really, is this really what I want to do? Cause it was going to be like 15 years of school and residency. It's a major commitment to be a brain surgeon as right. you, know, sure you imagine. And so I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't think my reasons as a fourth grader are going to hold water right now as a sophomore in school. So I was like, you know what? I can switch to chemical engineering. I was pre-med bio at the time. Okay. I can switch to chemi and still after, after undergraduate, still pursue medicine if I want to, or I can get a really good paying job upon graduation with a bachelor's. And so that's what I did. Um, and I really didn't look back. Um, and I was so fortunate to have met Ben Carson and my, my work at Procter & Gamble. Yeah. No way. Yeah, that's full circle. Full circle. It was crazy. It was crazy. He was one of our keynote speakers um, for the African American tech community. So I met him and I told him, I was like, you have been an aspiration for me my entire life. And fortunately for me, falling short of pediatric neurosurgeon landed me a chemical engineer. <laughs> thanked him for that aspiration. But yeah, having role models and seeing what's possible, I think is so important. And it's not about 
forcing girls into a STEM career. It's about making sure they have the exposure of what's possible and letting them decide for themselves, is that something that I want to do? But there's so many people who don't even know what could be possible, right? And, you know, getting a science degree and actually formulating cosmetics, right. getting a science degree and actually creating shampoos, you know? And so making sure they have that exposure so they can see what it's like. And if they see it like, ah, eh, no, nah, I still don't want to do that. I still want to do something else. And that's fine, right? And that's yeah. about still being their authentic selves, which is what you want. Mm -hmm. You don't want to force fit anyone just because they're female. Yeah, yeah it's true. It is very true. Um, I, I love how you talk about exposure because I believe that exposure lets us know it's possible. And yes. so you seeing Ben Carson in the fourth grade was just that image. So now you had an image that it was possible. I also like how you say, don't force them into STEM, right? I mean, right. I have a daughter that's 12 and I can't lie. I can't lie. When I first you want, you want to force her, don't you? <laughs> I wanted to, but she has yet shown me that you cannot do that. So when she was when she was younger, I was like, oh, coding camps and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And the girl is, she is creative. She does yeah. not want to do that. She yeah. loves design. Mm -hmm. um, and even she's 12 and her and her friend are currently building a business. Yes. And so, so important that we don't make them go, but we give them the option, the exposure that this yes. could be if this is something. So absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Of course. And when I, whenever I have the chance, I like to do speaking engagements at the university level with schools so that people can see someone who looks like them doing the things that, that I have done. And again, it's along the vein of exposure and letting people know, letting students know what's possible and that people who look like you are doing it and having fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. So we know how you became a chemical engineer and um, yes. I think it's amazing. It's funny. I'm telling you, when I saw you, I was like, chemical engineer, where? Where I think I told you this when we were at uh, the coffee shop. And then, and then I think I, and then I think I asked you, what do you do for self-care? Yes, yes. And, and you said, oh, I think you said you'll game or something sometime. And I said, I ah, there's the chemical there's engineer. Yeah. I knew she was in there somewhere. <laughs> I do. I am. I, I embrace my nerddom. I uh, definitely can geek out sometimes. Which is, which is fine. I like to annoy people sometimes with how much I like to geek out. But yeah, no, I, um, I've always been enthusiastic about transformation and I think just about life in general. Yeah. But you know that whisper, that voice that, mm -hmm. that you hear within? Mm -hmm. um, that little voice was always telling me when I was working in corporate, doing well, and I enjoyed it, but it was always telling me that there was something else. There was some other way for me to serve the world in a, in a bigger way, leveraging my natural gifts and talents. Yeah, yeah. And so it was hearing that whisper over and over, as well as what I was hearing from people around me about the unique value that I, that I brought. As much as I enjoyed shampoo formulation and scale up, as much as I enjoyed blades and razors and, and creating, you know, really cool looking razors and elastomers, and it was rarely about that, you know, the unique value was about my joy, my positivity, my charisma, energy, you know, the way that I lead others, engage others. And that's what I would always hear about the value that I add. And I was like, started putting those together and I just started following curiosity. 
started following curiosity. Um, I first I started writing, um, and then I ended up going to a conference and and came to find that keynote speaking was a thing. <laughs> right, right. That you could actually go and 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 be responsible for energizing, invigorating, making people smile, helping people find their joy. And I'm like, hey, I could do that. <laughs> And then it was just a matter of how do I leverage the experience that I've gotten in corporate to build something that's really going to be value added to a corporate client base. Mm -hmm. And so really taking inventory and going through what have been the most challenging times for me. And it was during the acquisitions and then recognizing, Hey, I had that, that mindset that was, that really served me well. And I think that's something that if I can get others to practice, it would be a really big help. Um, and that's how it all kind of came together. Wow. And so I think it's important to, um, because people hear people say, oh, I left my job and it's, you know, mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And we don't really think about what led up to that, right? We yes. just kind of see this, oh, corporate America is is bad and it's horrible. I left, but I loved what I did. It was kind of the same thing, that small voice. And even as I left, I still had to pivot. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be one thing and it has turned into something completely different. Yes. But I think, um, can you kind of walk us through those, like, cause you went from two years to full time. So you didn't just yeah. say, I could keynote, I'm leaving. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so yeah. I think there's someone out there that's probably hearing that voice too and thinking about that. And so what did that two years kind of look like leading up to I'm full time? Yeah. Yeah. And it was really, it really, like I said, following the curiosity. So at first I just, I started a blog post um, and I called myself the happiness writer and I just, I wanted to write. I wanted to share experiences. I wanted to share uplifting messages. Um, and that brought me to that conference that I mentioned. It was actually put on by Hay House, who's now going to publish my first book, but it was, it was a conference they put on movers and shakers where they were talking about speaking. They were talking about writing. So I thought I'd go and just learn how to be a nonfiction book writer. But in doing so, I realized this whole speaking thing is possible. Um, um, and I actually ended up, you know, serendipity, right place, right time, opportunity, being able to work with the president and CEO of Hay House and one of his best-selling authors, Cheryl Richardson, for the better half of 2017. Oh, wow. um, I was selected to, to be one of their mentees, uh, this, this, you know, competition that I entered a video. Um, and they, they mentored me and really helped me sculpt and craft my speaking business. Um, and it's funny you talk about pivoting. So those two years were really around taking that mentorship, creating a speaking brand, creating a speaking platform, understanding the messaging of what I'm going to keynote about. And that started to get a lot of, a lot of traction. And that's really what was the right next step for me leaving corporate is to do keynote speaking. Well, the more that I got in front of people, people wanted more of what I was offering. And so it was another pivot, um, creating now what has become a scalable business. One where I'm doing certification of change enthusiast coaches, one where I'm doing executive workshops, yeah. where I'm doing seminars. And it's so, so it's grown beyond just the keynote, but it's, you know, obviously rooted in following the purpose, following the passion, and then listening, always being in tune with where's the unique value and how can I continue to serve in bigger and bigger ways. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a part of the entrepreneurial journey is always being open to the pivot. 
and, and you know it, right? You know it well and, and know when you need to shift gears, um, when you need to, to make a change. And, you know, like I said, I, I get to practice what I preach <laughs> um, uh, on a daily basis. But again, it hadn't been as, as crazy as it's been this past three, four weeks. Right. Absolutely. And so when you, um, you know, you're building your business, when was the time that you said, now I'm pushing, like I'm going? Because even yes. though we build up, these side hustles. It is nothing like knowing I have health insurance and, yes. and all of these things to fall back yes. on. I have my 401k. I have my vacation time. I know that if I don't get a client per se for my side hustle or whatever, I'm going to be good because I get paid my salary. Um, that is correct. Yeah. And don't, and don't like get it twisted. I am, I'm a very pragmatic person, right? So I have, I do have an engineering mindset. It's very structured. Um, I had success metrics that I needed to fulfill before I could completely sunset corporate and lose that income. Um, I also, because of my sister, like I said, she's one of my mentors, did a lot of real estate investment. And so I was able to liquidate a few of my capital assets to help fund um, myself, right, to invest in my business. And so that was a huge help as well. So, you know, even though I did leave corporate to be an entrepreneur and do my own business, I did it in a very pragmatic, focused, and thought out way. Um, and and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a risk taker, but I also have a certain level of conservation about me because, you know, I enjoy a certain lifestyle. I'm not, right, right. <laughs> I'm not alive, right? And working in corporate for 15 years affords you a certain lifestyle. And so, like I said, I had certain success metrics set up that I know I needed to fulfill before I could leave before I would allow myself to leave corporate. Yeah, that's so good. So I want everybody to hear that success metrics, whatever yes. those look like for you. Um, yes. But make sure because I think sometimes we think about living in our passion and being intentional that it means that we don't do any due diligence. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I think that's very important that you know, you put that out there it was like, get your due diligence done. Yeah. And yes. then you make the leap um, yeah. because you were methodical about that. Um, yeah. We talked about this, I think, when we talked before in our introduction. And you, kind of, you talked about, because I, I want to touch on this, I think it's important, about a situation where you were talking to someone, you were extremely upset, and mm -hmm. you said that you had to remove your conscious thought from the emotions. Yes. And I think that that helps, not even in anger, but even in, you know, we get super excited about something, right? Oh, I'm going after this. This is my passion. I love this. Can you really talk to us about what does that mean when you say, I'm going to remove my conscious thought from these emotions? Yeah. And it's, this is the trickiest part. And, you know, when I talk, talk about recognizing the feels as a signal and then moving into that opportunity, that for, even for me is the most difficult part of this growth mindset because emotional energy can be so strong. It can be so strong and it can fuel action, fuel behavior, but you have to be careful to not become the emotion. And so when I talk about separating conscious thought from the emotion, it's not allowing yourself to become the emotion, to use the emotion as a tool, as opposed to having it take hold of you. And so some of the things that I do to practice that, um, and I've had a lot of experience work, working in corporate, um, as well as the work that I do now, I do a couple things. The first is when I'm getting the feels and I'm so grateful that I get physiological responses. <laughs> so like my mouth will go dry. Um, I'll feel like my legs will start tapping or my hair will stand up the back of my neck. And so then I'm like, okay, something's happening. Something's happening. And when that does, I allow myself to go to a place 
where I can think about something I'm grateful for. And when, I'm do, when I do that, it removes me from that emotional signal energy and gets me into a higher vibration, a vibration of, of appreciation. And so I do that. That, that helps me. Um, and the other thing that I'll do is just take my vision away from whatever I might be looking at or focused on that's inciting that signal and focus on something else. So I've been in meetings before and I feel the things happening and I just, and I'll look out the window and I'll think, man, that's a nice tree. That, that tree is gorgeous. And then I'm able to focus on the tree right. and, and, it, and in doing so, shifting that conscious thought, I can get rid of the emotion that's, that's, that's starting to overcome me. Um, so those are a couple tactics that I use. It's different for everyone, um, but those are ones that, that, I, that are kind of my go-to and that work, that work really well for me. I love that. And so in your keynotes and your workshops, are those some of the tools that you kind of give? I do. Yeah. Predominantly in the workshop versus the keynotes, because uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're a lot richer and, and I'm able to work a lot more closely with the participants. Um, but yeah, for sure. And I hear it time and time again, that question, how do you remove yourself from the emotion? How do you not be blinded by the emotion? And these are people who, who are just like I was, they're, they're fearful. They don't know if they're going to have a job. You know, so these, these emotions are real. They're absolutely real. And so they're like, how do I get myself out of this? You know, so it's, it's, it's an important one and it's a tough one. I'm very emotional. We're all emotional (laughs) beings. And it's this wonderful, infinite well of energy that can truly fuel you. It fuels action, you know? So it's a matter of transforming it to an energy that's going to improve you and make you better as opposed to bring you into a downward spiral or become toxic in your life. So it's consciously transforming and using the emotion as fuel to your best self, unleashing your rock star self, as opposed to sitting in the, in the grief or the anger or, or, and, and be, that becoming a toxicity in your life. Yeah, I love it. One of the things we talked about was, I'm telling you, her laugh, her smile is infectious. I wish we could have done a video, uh, but we're going to have all your information. Next time, so we'll people, do it again. People are going to be able to go to your website and see you and see all of that stuff. But we talked about you have always been that way. Like, it's just who you are. And in the, even in the beginning, you talked about being authentic. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if you can talk to our community about how do they show up as their authentic self, you know, like just authentically being who they are, because that's when we get the best person going up in our truth in our power and our authenticity. Yeah, I'd love to. And actually, this is a facet that I teach in my executive workshops, you know, CEOs, uh, executives, C-suite executives. I talk about the, the power of, of, of authenticity, especially when you're leading change, when the emotions are so high in the organization, you got to show up as your full self and offer that, that insight that you can uniquely bring and inspire others to do so. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, this whole concept of, of authenticity, for me, it's a fluid thing, right? So it's about being true to you, but you evolve, right? right? You evolve, you grow, you, you change. So authenticity for me is about making sure that your decisions, your choices, your actions, the way that you show up resonate with who you are in that moment, that it feels right, that it makes your heart sing. 
um, or that it, as long as it, you know, doesn't make you have an icky feeling or make you like, feel like this is off, something ain't right. That means that your authentic self is being challenged and it's, and it's not, it's feeling not, not good. So when you have those type feelings, that's when you're not allowing that authentic self to shine. And so it's all about making choices that resonate with your spirit and your energy in that moment. Yeah. Right. So I think that authenticity, it's, it's fluid because it evolves. I love that. I love that. So Cassandra, this has been amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for having You're me on. Amazing. Thank you for doing this, seriously, for creating this platform, bringing your full authentic self. And thank you for pursuing your passion. And actually oh my doing- goodness. Thank you, Cassandra. But I do want to ask you one more question before you Talk leave. To me. Yes. What is the thing, right? Because we talked about exposure. And mm-hmm. so we see this black woman, chemical engineer turned entrepreneur that is killing it, that is killing it. And so you've exposed us to something we haven't seen. Mm -hmm. So if there's someone listening, maybe listening with their 12 year old daughter, maybe they're in their forties, thirties, whatever. And they're saying it's either too late or it's too early, or I could never do that. What is something that you would say to that person? Yeah. So it's something that, so I'm an avid journaler. Um, I journal almost every day and, you know, I filled like six or seven journals. And at the beginning of every one, I write down a list of 10 intentions. One intention that is always there is if you hear it more than three times, respond to act. So if you're sitting there, I don't care your age. I don't care your situation. That whisper, if you've heard it three times or more, it's talking to you for a reason. And you need to listen. You need to listen. And it's not just for you. It means that someone, something is pulling you. Something is pulling you to do it. So just trust that. Trust that inner wisdom, that guidance. And if you're hearing it over and over, respond. Respond. That's so good, Cassandra. I appreciate that. So you said you're writing a book. I am. What is the name of the book? book? So it's a working title right now. We haven't okay. finalized what the, what the title is going to be, okay. um, but I just, I just signed on with Hay House. So it's going to come out spring of next year. Um, I'm finalizing the manuscript. Editors want it by beginning of September. Um, so this, this time has actually been great. Another opportunity for me to focus on my book. Um, but yeah, I will, I will definitely let you know and give you, give you a shout when it's, uh, when I have the publication date, early release and, and all that, but it'll Excellent. come out Yes, because we want to be a part of that. Everything that you're doing, I want to make sure we're bringing along our community. So Cassandra, how can we stay in touch with you? Sure. Sure. So the best way, follow me on LinkedIn. um, And then also go to my website, CassandraWorthy.com. And there's a way for you to subscribe for my newsletter. And I send a newsletter out every month. And you'll able to keep up to date with where I'll be, my appearances, etc. And then I post daily on LinkedIn. So that's the best way to keep keep up with me and, and what I'm doing. Absolutely. Well, Cassandra, thank you again so much for joining. You are a rock star and you Ah, are a rock star human being. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. As always, we end every show with this declaration. Waking up is automatic. Showing up is intentional. Today, I will show up. Thanks again for spending time with me today and listening to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you never miss a show, leave a five-star review, and share with a friend or foe. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I am Portia Scott. Until next time, go impact the world.